Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Elephants in the Room. We are we are pleased to be back with one one final time this season. Actually, we are going mm-hmm. into our winter or Christmas break or hibernation. True. I, I think we established last time that we'll, we'll be the elephants but... elephants who hibernate. It's it's true. We are pleased on this uh, season finale. I, I'd like to call <laughs> it to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Paul Marchetti. What's up, Paul? Hey guys, how's it going? I'm uh, honored to be here. Uh, you know, you have to bring in the biggest guest for the biggest uh, episode of the year. So I think he's the first person ever to be excited, ever excited to be on the show. Oh yeah, no, most people have to like drag here. Well, I mean, <laughs> when I say biggest guest, I didn't mean like most famous. I meant like literally the biggest. <laughs> for, All your other guests are pretty short and skinny. You know, this is true. For the first time in in a long time, we've actually could say that we have three elephants in the room now mm-hmm. uh, instead of like two mm-hmm. and like a half. Yeah. which is what the, the going rate was with our previous guests. Well, speaking of the Christmas season, I, I can't help but notice that, like, it doesn't really seem very Christmas Christmassy if you guys n- catching my drift. It's not really snowing all that much, you know. I'm not hearing as many nice uh, Christmas tunes as I'm used to hearing. Uh, even, even, uh, even the surprised uh, All I Want for Christmas is You would be welcomed in my uh, my my absence of, of Christmas festivities. Even even our Hillsdale tree. Like I can't be the only one to think that the the big tree that we have in the courtyard is is a little bit lacking in some areas, you know? Yeah. The shape is uh, very subpar and not my stereotypical Christmas tree. I want my <laughs> things to be the way they're supposed to be. Call me a downer. I, yeah, like absolutely. Just just a normal Christmas tree. That's fine. That's all we're asking for. But no, you know, this is a not a normal year. Uh, it warrants not a normal Christmas, and uh, I think that will be uh, keep that in mind for some of the ad abnormal topics that we will be getting into today. Uh, first, we're going to be talking about uh, reparations. You know, we're seeing some development with that in in California of all places. Can you believe it? Yes, you can. Um, and then we're going to be talking about the uh, the Twitter files that were just uh, released. Uh, Elon Musk had his personal hand in in getting that to the public. Uh, the new CEO of Twitter. Um, and then, you know, we will be back because, uh, believe it or not, uh, a lot has happened with uh, Kanye and all going on with that stuff. And uh, as much as we're able to talk about it on air, <laughs> you you can certainly bet that, that it will be talked about here. So I think we can just jump right into it. Yep. So out in California, um, as I'm sure many of you are aware, there have been uh, scattered calls for slavery repar- reparations, basically paying descendants of slave, or sometimes people just call for paying any black American, whether the descendant of an American slave or not, as like payment for the, the great injustice that, was, uh, that occurred 150 years ago. Uh, but anyways, Govern- Governor Gavin Newsom's reparations task force received projections from a consulting panel that showed that California may need to pay over $200,000 per person to make good on promises of reparations. Overall, that equates to almost $560 billion. Or, or about 1% uh, of the money we still have left to send to Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, I feel like at, at one point or the other, they're gonna, the federal government's going to have to put the brakes on this and say, whoa, you know, we love reparations and all that, but you guys are eating way too much into our Ukraine money-sending <laughs> platter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the U.S. government has really taken to heart the lessons we all learn in kindergarten uh, that blue and yellow make green. Oh, yeah. So they keep sending that green over to Ukraine. Uh, 
Oh, absolutely. But anyways, the task force team uh, drew these numbers by examining gaps in housing and speculating the approximate amount of wealth lost between 1933 and 1977 by black Americans. Uh, Newsom created this task force in 2020 with the intent of addressing and repaying victims of discrimination in California's housing market because, you know, that was the most important thing happening in 2020. Um, (laughs) Yet the panel voted in March to limit potential reparations to the descendants of free or enslaved black Americans in the country at the end of the 19th century rather than all current black residents. Can you believe it, Joe? How, How absurd that slavery reparations would only go to those damaged by slavery. It, it is absurd to hear. I, I think I'm entitled to some reparations too. You know, I think that uh, it, it's it's a sh- quite a shame that they are they are discriminating against uh, us non-Californians who uh, can't even take part in this either. <laughs> I'm a little uh, miffed myself because I want my reparations. I'm an Italian American as you are, Joe, <laughs> and I mean. We are the people who had to suffer through the worst mass lynching in American history in the 1891. And what did we get? Columbus Day? And they're trying to get rid of that now? It's like, come on, where's my check? We also only get like a day as Italians, and it's it's Columbus yeah. Day, too. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get rid of that. You know, I, I think that... Uh, I think we need at least a whole, like, two years as, <laughs> uh, as a repayment for all of the... Uh, all of the many months, the <laughs> Italian heritage months that uh, you and I, Paul, have been deprived of. Exactly. Um, All these slurs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the news of reparations uh, is coming at a little bit of an awkward time, um, at least as far as fiscal news goes for California. As uh, earlier this year, um, they were projected to have actually a surplus of $100 billion uh, with this return, post-COVID return to uh, industry. However, uh, it is looking more and more like the, likely that California will end up uh, running a deficit this year, unsurprisingly, um, twenty to the tune of about $25 billion, um, which uh, leads many to be skeptical as to uh, how California may be able to finance any uh, reparation effort going forward. Yeah, I just think it's ridiculous because they want to pay over $200,000 to each person they say was affected by slavery. Um, I mean, that's more than most people make in, what, three years? Um, And then, of course, this totals up to $560 billion, something that I don't think a single state, the the single state of California, can fund. So I'm sure there's people out there who really are interested in making right on on America's past wrongs, but I don't understand how you can, like, tout this and it not be virtue signaling, saying, yeah, we're we're actually going to give all of you $200,000. It just, it's so unpractical. It's so clearly unpractical. Well, with like, you know, Biden's, uh, I guess, proposal to uh, pay down student loans. In fact, it wasn't really, if you really read it, it didn't do that. But anyway, it that even fell through. You know, they just uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, stopped accepting requests to receive government assistance for that reason. Um, You know, that's currently being litigated in court. But, you know, like that, like many of these, like you said, uh, virtue signaling uh, fiscal efforts, I I really don't see this going anywhere. And, you know, looking at some of these uh, numbers, especially California running a deficit, I don't think that it will. Yeah, I mean, it, could this possibly be like Newsom trying to make a play for, you know, a presidential primary? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, trying 100%. to court the black vote. That, yeah. You know, Joe Biden was, you know, supposedly very, uh, very good at, you know, mobilizing. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're not going to actually have these reparations paid by 2024 no, or whenever, no. whenever Newsom runs. So he can get up there on the stage and say, I'm, 
we're getting there. We've been we've been putting in work. And if you know, nobody ever sees the checks. Well, big whoop. He gets his votes. Yeah, I don't know, guys. You guys are going a little bit too uh, too deep into this for me. I'm gonna keep my eye on the door. Make sure no <laughs> federal employees walk in. Uh, ask us to have a conversation. Um, I, I don't I don't like the sounds of that. You're listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Kendall and Joe, when we're joined by Paul. Joe, it seems, I can't even say surprising that Twitter has really become the, the focal point of, of our modern political system. But once again, there's more news going on with, with Twitter after it's been bought by Elon Musk. Sure. I, you've got some information on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so recently, and I mean like very recently, uh, the Twitter, uh, they're being dubbed the Twitter files were dropped by journalists Matt Tibby uh, on request of Elon Musk. Uh, and these documents were pertaining to the inner workings of Twitter censorship activities during the 2020 presidential election. And within this drop uh, were released emails that showed Twitter was regularly contract uh, contacted by political entities requesting specific tweets to be suppressed on the platform. The vast majority of these tweets, unsurprisingly, came from the Biden campaign, uh, the DNC, etc. Um, while... You know, Tibby did mention in his in his report that uh, they they did receive uh, a few requests of uh, you know reviewing tweets from the Trump administration as well, which you know may strike a lot of people off guard. But unsurprisingly, though these these ones were largely ignored, and the bulk of what was actually put into place were requests from DNC players. And this was most notably the case with the uh, Twitter censorship of the New York Post's coverage of Hunter Biden's laptop story, as well as the various other scandals involving the Biden family, uh, which undoubtedly would have affected uh, his perception, especially as he was running for president at the time in the eyes of the public, allegedly censoring uh, without the knowledge of uh, former CEO Jack Dorsey. So I, I found that one interesting because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think he'd have some sort of grip on his on his company. But yeah, no, this uh, included Twitter removing links to the story altogether, um, aggressively enforcing search bans and warnings, which prohibited users from sending the story via uh, direct messaging. Um, and then over the same weekend, actually, that the Twitter files were released, the FBI uh, quasi involuntarily revealed that uh, they indeed had operatives working with Twitter, uh, meeting with Twitter regularly during 2020 to, quote, fight disinformation ahead of the election, whatever whatever that means. But, you know, a lot of big things happening, probably a lot more to come from that uh, file release, uh, perhaps pertaining to uh, this next uh, election and how we actually deal with, uh, we'll say, addressing misinformation on that front as well. Mm -hmm. I just find it really ridiculous that Jack Dorsey's statement that, oh, I, I didn't know anything about this. It's not like it was some little five-follower Twitter account that, you know, posted this story and it got deleted. It was the New York Post. Their account was disabled until they deleted it. Um, as Joe said, you couldn't share the story. You couldn't retweet. You couldn't even send it through v DMs. I don't understand how you, how such a mass, like, just murder of this story can occur on your platform. And, oh, yeah, I didn't know. Hey, guys, I mean, it's okay because the White House... Uh, the White House press secretary speaking for the White House. Uh, she has called it a distraction and old news. <laughs> so we're okay. We don't have to pay attention to this anymore. I don't. Which think many so. many uh, media outlets aren't. I mean, I haven't seen a word of this from uh, anywhere other than like actually Twitter. But now it's 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 uh, insane what's going on there. Well, I mean, you never have seen anything about this. It came out obviously when this um, first occurred. Right wing news outlets covered it, saying, "Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. We can't even we can't even view the story on Twitter." 
then months later it came out, well, yeah, everything they said in the story was pretty much true, and we kind of knew that there there were no lies in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Twitter, some Twitter executives even testified before Congress saying, yeah, we didn't actually have any proof that it was Russian misinformation or whatever justification they had. So it came out that the story was basically true, still no one covered it, and now it comes back around saying that, yeah, Twitter purposely censored it at the request of the Biden campaign, and guess what? They're still not covering it. So I can't say that I'm not surprised. Uh, every every time something like this happens, I, like how much more ignored would Watergate have been? Like how many how many uh, things past Watergate is this? You know, like I feel like this is this is uh, a lot of this would not have flown back then, um, and certainly does, and regularly happens now, unfortunately. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, where the hosts Kendall and Joe, joined by Paul Marchetti. Uh, we made a joke last week about Kanye, how he, he broke out of the two-week cycle. Um, we, did, we didn't have a show over Thanksgiving, and you know we didn't get to cover Kanye, but don't worry, he made it again. Well, here we are in week three. I think the only thing that we've covered for this long has been Ukraine, Ukraine so, yeah. so Kanye's up there. I'd also like to formally retract my offer to have Kanye <laughs> on the show. I, I think it was it the night we, after we recorded or the night after our episode aired yeah, that you went on Jones. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyways, we've got some audio that, um, as Joe said, Kanye went on the Alex Jones Infowars show. Um, and if you haven't heard already, his, his comments were a little interesting. Here's that. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. <laughs> How about that one? He says, how about that one? How about it? How about it? <laughs> hmm? Do we oh. think uh, do we think Hitler has something of value to add? Oh, I don't even know <laughs> how to answer that one. Uh, I feel like I'm going to put myself in a precarious situation just by saying one way or the other. I mean, well, like, you know, it's bad when Alex Jones has to has to start walking it back later in the show. He he was like, you know, they're they're all calling you um, anti-Semitic and you know Jew hating, but you don't deserve to be called that. And Kanye's response: I, I like Hitler. I, I don't like Hitler. I know you're trying to be shocking with that. I'm not trying to be shocking. And Hitler has a lot of redeeming qualities. Like Im- what? <laughs> like what? Imagine, Kanye? imagine going on 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 Alex Jones of all people's show. Like this is this is the Alex Jones and making him look like the voice mm-hmm. of reason. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that's fantastic. I mean, the one thing that Hitler has offered us is that that mustache. <laughs> oh no. Oh, nobody, nobody will ever oh, no, rock that nest mustache oh, no, ever again. Yeah, no one will ever wear a mustache like that. It was so bad. It was so bad that he took it upon himself, so no one else would would, would wear it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, but no, it's it's pretty sad to see. I think it's pretty clear that Kanye is suffering some from some serious mental issues. That obviously that's not excusing things that he says, but I don't think that a perfectly sane person just gets up and well, starts. Well, he, he does have bipolar. A lot of people mm-hmm. that I've, I've uh, seen cover this um, are touching a little bit on the fact that he, uh, he may be suffering from uh, sort of severe bipolar depression, and uh, you know, which I believe he is ad- admitted to uh, having and suffering from, um, and like this could certainly be his doubling down on this could certainly be the, uh, you know, uh, a symptom, we'll say, of that. Uh, I think that let's, you know, I think it's it's going to be, uh, we're going to be going into a few uh, weeks where a lot of your conservative people are going to try to be distancing themselves from past support of Kanye. Mm-hmm. Despite this fact, um, 
I, I think that uh, in in recognition of the fact that he is saying a lot of this stuff out of the uh, the having being backed into a corner, which he has the 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 even before he went on this stuff, the industry disowned him essentially for his mm-hmm. support of Trump. You know, they they basically they 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 ostracized him uh, extensively. Um, he lost uh, essentially lost his family, lost his career. And I think that it's important that we remember that in viewing this and in, you know, at least expressing sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. Not as many people, unfortunately, like Stephen Crowder and a lot of your other mainstream political people going, Hitler bad, Kanye bad, unequivocally, end of story. Like, I, I think that there is a lot more to this, um, certainly, than, than simply that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely something to be said about distancing yourself, um, especially for people who have, like Trump, um, who was very friendly with Kanye. At points, there's certainly something to be said about putting lots of distance be- between um, yourself. But and I, this, I, I'd but say Trump handled it well. Yeah, you know, I think that Trump, he he immediately was like, yeah, you know, uneventful evening with Kanye. Obviously, mm-hmm. something's off with him. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm, it's not really worth my time, which I, I you know, I, I think is the correct way to handle this. Mm-hmm. Not go on this uh, big virtuous crusade against uh, against Kanye, like like you're trying to prove something. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Kanye wasn't done with this comment. I mean, he <laughs> was on an interview with the uh, Gavin McGinnis or whatever, and he basically said that Jews should forgive Hitler. So he kind of double downed on his uh, I saw previous that statement, yeah. which I mean, I mean, yeah. he's just going for going for it right now. It, yeah. It's just very clear that this is not a man in the right state of mind. Well, I mean, I saw. Did you see that? Uh, uh, I know we talked about a little bit about what his campaign, which, I mean, I think it's easy to forget that this man is running for president <laughs> as of last week. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his campaign included uh, Nicholas Fuentes as well as Milo Yiannopoulos, two very heavy uh, right-wing personalities, um, mm-hmm. alt-right as they've been called. Uh, Milo actually, uh, within the last three days, has left his his campaign. Many on the uh which I didn't know, I you know, I kind of just grouped them as one group, but uh, there are many on the Fuentes camp <laughs> who are saying that it was a, uh, he, he left in disgrace, um, you know, Milo having um, a previous and, and somewhat recent, actually, history of uh, not really liking Kanye West, uh, treating Kanye West as a grifter, as he put it, uh, it perhaps a little bit more explicitly than that, but... Uh, you know, I think that these people like Yiannopoulos, like Fuentes, have to be thinking that, man, do I do I really want to be tied with this guy? Uh, you know, I think that mm-hmm. they, uh, despite appearances, uh, my, I still think that uh, I still have the theory that they are trying to jump ship in uh, mm-hmm. in as quiet as a way as possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how hard it would have been to see when, you know, just a couple of weeks ago they're going on shows cracking jokes about, well, well, it's them, right, you know, referencing the Jews and then, when Kanye turns around and says, I like Hitler, they're like, what? <laughs> we never could have seen this coming. Yeah. yeah, after all of this, Kanye has been banned from Twitter, not just for his comments. I, was it after the, I believe it was after the Alex Jones show. He, yeah. he tweeted out a picture of the Star of David with, combined with the swastika. It's kind of hard to describe over the air, but not, you know, the most loving message. Well, his whole message, his whole, his whole thing, he's uh, pivoted. It's now, well, I don't, I don't hate the, the I don't hate them. I uh, I love them and I love the Nazis and I love everybody. You know mm-hmm. I love Hit- I love Hitler. I love the Nazis. I love the Jews. I should stop saying this before this is taken out of context. <laughs> and this is something that I said, which is not. But 
It's 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 really funny. Uh, obviously, you know, like you said, not not something anyone's sound of mine, um, even with those opinions, would be mm-hmm. would be so quick to advertise. I think that one of the my problems with it is, you know, he constantly is bringing up how he is, you know, supposedly a Christian, and you know, yeah. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of not reflective of, you just, know, just a little bit. Like, I mean, there's certainly all. something to be said about, um, you know, Christians being forgiving and loving, but why do you have to make Hitler your example? <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of other people. Right. Like, pick somebody more recent who, you know. Just messed up. Maybe Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah, talk about forgiving oh, Pete imagine, Davidson. Imagine, imagine <laughs> hating Pete Davidson <laughs> but loving and loving Hitler. Hitler. And like <laughs> Pete Davidson by proxy is worse than Hitler, which, you know. Eh. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for uh, this evening, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you're or whenever you're listening to it. <laughs> if ever. Uh, if ever. <laughs> probably not. Um, once again, uh, we'd like to give a, a massive thank you to uh, self-described Massive Paul. Uh, thank you it was my pleasure i enjoyed it oh you know you were one of the few guests i enjoyed having on paul so thank you take that (laughs) yeah as joe said earlier when we come back next semester we'll be we'll be back with a brand new season if any of you are wondering what will be new about the season what makes it different from season one nothing it's just in 2023 (laughs) instead of 2022 so here's the hoping that in the next what five weeks that we'll be off nothing nothing important happens in the world whatsoever because i'm certain that all of our listeners get their news from us and only from us and nowhere else. And if we're not here to give it to them, Joe, they, they simply won't. They simply won't know what's going on. It's true. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we hope uh, everybody here from uh, Elephants in the Room as well as Radio Free Hillsdale uh, want you all to have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, we will see you uh, next semester. Yeah.